0: CFM 104 to 107
1: nationwide.
0: We are now uh, talking about uh, the rejection of COVID-19 insurance claims uh, from insurers. Uh, The ombud has received 240 complaints against insurers that have lodged with long-term insurance Ombuds since the outbreak of COVID-19 last year. With us today is the Deputy Ombudsman in the Office of the Ombudsman for Long-Term Insurance, Jennifer Price. Jennifer, thank you very much for joining us.
2: Good morning and thank you for inviting us.
0: Jennifer, we are clearly dealing with a pandemic that is new. It's got scientists and medical professionals working around the clock and discovering new things daily. Shouldn't this uh, require much fluidity when it comes to insurers as well?
2: Um, Fluidity in a contractual relationship is um, not that uh, fluid, shall we say. So um, I think the problem is for a lot of policyholders, that because of the COVID-19, um, several things happened. One is that maybe they've lost their job and they don't have the premiums to pay for policies anymore. So that's one problem. And we would urge your listeners to immediately contact their insurer if that is the, uh, the issue um, to see whether they can make some kind of arrangement. So we have seen quite a lot of lapsing of policies. Um, Then the other problem is that um, you submit a claim and you think that it's going to be paid, um, and that's not always so because insurers will generally only pay claims that are included in their policies because that is the risk that they were willing to undertake and for which they reserved funds. So it is quite difficult for an insurer to go beyond its policy
0: because it might not have the money to pay the claims then. Sure. So in in, in this case, since COVID-19 is something totally new to all of us, um, do do the contracts that insurance are giving out uh, accommodate for pandemics and such? Or is it because this is a new pandemic and there's not real much uh, research around it that insurance can say, well, it's excluded in our terms and conditions?
2: Not necessarily. If you have a funeral policy or a life policy which pays out on your death, then the fact that you've died of COVID-19 should not exclude um, your beneficiaries or your estate from claiming. Where it becomes slightly more difficult is if you have a policy, usually a credit life policy, that uh, covers loss of income. Um, And that is where a number of the complaints that we've received Have fallen Um, so somebody cannot continue to work because of the lockdown Um, there's a loss of income um, policy or a general policy covering um, credit and um, there's a particular benefit on loss of income and it might be that the insurer is not paying out on the loss of income so it's not so much the funeral policies and the life policies Um, that exclude anything like COVID-19, haven't seen any of those, Um, than the credit life policies that have provided us with some problems.
0: Earlier on, uh, Jennifer, you mentioned that uh, missed payments um, during, you know, lapse payments during the duration of the insurance can affect the claim from being paid out. So, what happens if a case, uh, you know, a person has to claim today, but they lapsed perhaps six months before, and they after that they, they caught up and continued paying? Could that cause an insurer not to pay out, especially on the funeral policies?
2: It could. It could very well happen. Um, That is why I think it's so important for policyholders when they have missed payments to contact their insurers. Um, So it might be that uh, the payments that they are making now are being applied to previously lost um, premiums. So it is necessary to just check with your insurer what is happening if you have missed any premium payments. So, could
0: a person perhaps uh, do a double payment to make up for uh, the the lost um, yes. month or couple of months? And this yes. won't then affect what your your claiming would be when you need to claim.
2: It shouldn't. Um, the problem is if somebody has lost uh, has not been able to pay premiums for some time, then it might be that the insurer is willing to reinstate the policy, but it might be that there are some underwriting requirements. So um, it depends from case to case. It's difficult to make a general statement as to what will occur if you've missed premiums in the past. And that is why it's so important to uh, make sure what the insurer is going to do with your policy. There were some insurers that gave some leeway during the COVID period. Um, And again, it's best to just check with your particular insurer because they're not all doing the same thing um, as to what would happen if you missed premiums during that period
0: team as we are talking to Jennifer Price who's a deputy ombudsman in the office of the ombudsman for long term insurance and we are looking at the rejection of COVID-19 insurance claims. We know that 240 complaints against insurance have been insurers have been lodged with the long term insurance ombuds since the outbreak of the COVID-19 pandemic last year. Please interact with us by sending voice notes and WhatsApp messages on 0614107 104107. Let me repeat that again what a tongue twister 0614-104-107 or sms four one three nine one you can call in and ask your questions directly to jennifer on oh one one seven one four two oh six let's talk about waiting periods jennifer i think this is one of the things that uh, could be uh, an issue for a lot of people because you take out a, a policy let's say for instance a funeral policy and there's perhaps a six-month or a 12-month wa- waiting period and um, you you pass because of COVID 19. W- w- can a person still come and lodge a claim against an insurer while they're in a waiting period or should waiting periods be waived at this uh, period of a pandemic
2: um patricia i know of one insurer there might have been more that um, agreed that if somebody died of COVID, um, they would not rely on the defense of the waiting period not being completed. But um, there are many other insurers that are still insisting that if you die during the waiting period, even if it is uh, COVID-related, uh, your beneficiaries will not be paid out. Um, again, it is an issue for insurers because they, um, they reserve for a particular risk and for them to suddenly do um, a 180 degree change and say they're not going to apply, uh, waiting periods might be difficult. That doesn't mean that the the person involved, the beneficiary should not um, attempt to get the claim paid, um, but it's not necessarily so that every insurer is going to waive the waiting period. So clearly
0: there's no industry norm. Insurance companies have not sat down to agree on, on guidelines. So how do you, as the Ombuds for Long-Term Insurance, handle these claims? I mean, 240 complaints. And I'm sure there's still more that's going to come in against uh, certain insurers.
2: Um, yes, that 244 is just the COVID-related claims. Uh, last year we actually received 1,822 complaints about claims. So they're far more than just the COVID-related claims. Um, So how do we apply it? Well, first of all, the insurers can't actually sit down and uh, agree on a particular way of dealing with this. That could be seen as being anti-competitive. So they've got to step carefully when they come to industry-wide agreements. How we look at it, we look at each case on its own merits. Um, So when a complaint comes in, we send it to the insurer. The insurer responds to us, and we will then um, first try and settle it. And if it doesn't settle, we will do a provisional determination, um, which gives both parties 30 days within which to come back to us. And then if they're not satisfied, a final determination. And if they're still not satisfied, they can apply for leave to appeal. Um, So there's several steps before... Um, the complaint is finished in our office, and um, you might be aware of it. We um, also have a fairness jurisdiction, um, so we can take into account fairness, and if there was poor service by the insurer, then we can also award compensation for poor service, and during this time, we have received quite a number of complaints about poor service. Ones that are specifically related to COVID-19, we received 114 of those. And I think because insurers are working from home, um, a lot of them, their staff, uh, there might have been slips with service. And the other thing to remember is that um, particularly with funeral policies, um, there's a very short turnaround time for people to bury um, any family members that have died due to covid so I think that has also generated some poor service complaints
0: to the office. Jennifer, let me go to some of our listeners' uh, messages and comments on WhatsApp.
1: Good morning, Patricia. You know, my take on insurance companies is they're not so different from Ponzi schemes because they just rely on money coming in uh, also, relying that a lot of people are not going to be taking money out. And the situation that you're seeing now is a lot of people are going to be taking money out. Same with funeral funeral companies. They're struggling because they took people's money, counting that we're going to have four or five funerals. But now the funerals are becoming more. Thus, they can't manage what they started. So, to me, an insurance policy is more of a Ponzi scheme. Thanks a lot, J.M. Hi, Anonymous here. I just want to highlight one good thing that happened around my insurance. At FNB, I was owing for three months during the lockdown. And then what they happened is that they reinstate my my policy, funeral policy, and then also they're deducting double amount, like I'm paying those months that I didn't pay before. And actually, all p- people who maybe their insurance have been lapsed or something, please talk to your insurance brokers because of the actually they make a way for you so that they know actually they put you yeah in coma and then they know that you're going to pay later please just contact them don't st- stay home and relax
0: jennifer i think the first uh, um voice note uh, I- from uh, JM saying that insurance companies and like these funeral uh, policy companies are like Ponzi schemes because now they are under pressure and all of a sudden they are not able to pay out. Is, is, is this a reason for us to be cautious when we're taking out insurance policies or is, is, is it not a reason for alarm? No, I don't think
2: there's a reason for alarm. Insurers report to the regulator um, and there are no insurers in South Africa at the moment that are in, as far as I know, that are in any danger of not being able to pay out claims. Uh, most of them are well-reserved, um, and that is where the difference is between insurance and a Ponzi scheme, um, because the Ponzi scheme does not have to comply with any regulations. Um, so I don't think at the moment, as far as I know, there are no insurers who are in danger of not being able to pay out their claims they are well reserved.
0: Well Anonymous also gives a raging review of her insurer who really accommodated her and it's good to know that. Uh, Let me go to another question uh, for you uh, via WhatsApp.
1: Hi my question to Jennifer is regarding um, home loans or the bonds Um, if you're unemployed does that assurance Um, kick in to cover the payments according to the new credit act of amendment of 2017 thank you
0: you can take that uh, question uh, jennifer
2: thank you that's quite a tricky one and an interesting one so it is very dependent on what is in your policy So, if you took out your policy after 2017, there might very well be a provision in your policy that covers unemployment, um, if it is retrenchment. um, And if the retrenchment complies with the requirements in the policy, then it could be that the policy pays out. So, it would definitely be worth your while to contact your insurer and find out whether you are able to claim. Uh, A lot of those claims are being paid out. So certainly your listeners who are in that situation should contact the insurer to see whether um, a claim is possible.
0: Hi Patricia. You are speaking with Australia here in Western Cape. Uh, The topic, Patricia, is, is quite relevant one because I'm also a victim of that. Uh, I was told uh, that I missed uh, the premium. And I was told that when was the time to claim. I was never being informed. But when I went there to claim, that is when they told me that no, uh, they cannot accept my claim because I missed some uh, few months, uh, uh, monthly premium. So please don't forget to ask your guest to leave her number or the numbers so that we can ask for assistance. Wow, not being told uh, when you missed a premium, but only being told about it once you uh, file in for a claim. Jennifer, is is this correct practice in the industry?
2: No, definitely not. Um, insurers are obliged to advise you, um, if, you if you've if missed a uh, a payment, and they must do so in good time so that you can actually make up the, uh, the payment. So certainly um, I can give my number now or at the end of the conversation, and uh, your listener can contact us.
0: Okay, excellent. I'm I'm glad that you will be able to give out your number. I've got another one here. Uh, let me just read it out. It says, I took out a small policy in 1989 with uh, Pratia Life, which was subsequently taken over by Momentum Life insurers. In 2004, I made the policy paid up and was paid less than one third of the total premiums paid. This despite the policy having an invested uh, portfolio attached to it which did not achieve any yield to it. When I inquired about why they paid me out so less for a policy that was about 15 years old, I was told that the projected yields on the investment portfolio had not done well at the stock market. This is from Frank and Peter Maritzburg. Is this something that he can take, uh, Jennifer, to you as the long-term insurance ombudsman uh, to investigate? He can,
2: but if... If the problem is that he relied on the illustrative or projected maturity values, those are simply that they are illustrative. And in 1989, the illustrative values um, were projected at quite a high rate because um, insurers expected um, the results to be much better than they turned out to be. So we have had a lot of policyholders who are dissatisfied and disappointed with their eventual uh, maturity values. And there's not much that this office can do about that. Um, We cannot tell an insurer to pay more than what the growth on the actual policy was. Fortunately, um, insurers have stopped, and we um, are very pleased about that, um, that they've stopped giving uh, projected or illustrative values because those simply raise expectations and then those are disappointed down the line. So um, Frank can certainly write to us, but this is quite an old uh, claim, uh, the 2004, and we can investigate, but it is unlikely that we will be able to um, tell an insurer to pay more than what the policy is actually valued at.
0: Jennifer, I'd like to ask you to please stay with us on the line. After the news, we'll uh, continue with our conversation because I've got a couple of uh, questions from our listeners, but I do need to go to the news.
2: Okay, no problem. Excellent.
0: Zolagat Kodashe, beautiful Zolagat Kodashe. It's time for the news with her at 11 o'clock.
2: The Talking Point on SAFM, weekdays, 9 a.m. till midday.
1: Um, Good morning Patricia. My question is with regards to uh, insurance companies that deduct or debit money from people's um, bank accounts without the people having taken out any insurance policy um, with those insurers. So I want to know if you guys also handle such complaints because um, I'm getting a lot of complaints like that. Um, I'm a financial um, services consultant. I'm getting a lot of complaints from people who claim that insurance companies are debiting money from their accounts and they have never signed up or they've never taken out any policies with them. I've been a client of Old Mutual and there was a time I had uh, two months uh, problem with paying them and I was told I was my policy was reinstated so I started paying regularly through the bank but there was a time I went to the branch to, to recheck my funeral policy status and I was told it was inactive and I was like where is my money going so Old Mutual is so unreliable and I think it should redesign their policies otherwise it will lose many many clients
0: 10 minutes after 11, talking point. My name is Patricia Ndouli, holding the fort down for Kathy Mklathlani until midday today. We are talking to uh, Jennifer Price, who's the Deputy Ombudsman in the Office of the Ombudsman for Long-Term Insurance over rejections of COVID-19 insurance claims and other complaints that they've received at their offices. She mentions that uh, last year they received 1,822 complaints in one year alone. So, um, Jennifer, we've got... uh, two comments here uh, from our uh, listeners the one is regarding um you know the, the the insurance policy that they um a company that they mentioned that the policies constantly change jennifer are you there Okay, it seems like I'm having issues with my lines, uh, but our producer Lebe, is going to look out for that and make sure that we are able to get uh, Jennifer on the line again. Let me remind you that a bit later on on the show, we are going to be talking about um, a, a program that the Department of Health in South Africa has uh, come up with in partnership with Pfizer to ensure that uh, we are able to catch up. And when I say we, uh, parents and adults who have children, catch up on our children's immunization. Organizations and vaccination program, uh, even in uh, the midst of COVID-19. So we'll be talking about that uh, a bit later on on the show. Jennifer seems to be back. Uh, hi, Jennifer. Hi.
2: Sorry, um, I didn't hear your listener. Um, it just started and then
0: it cut out. Oh, OK. So it seems like we're having a problem with the line. Let me ask um, Bornyi, who's our technical producer, to go back to those voice notes because there are very, very relevant uh, questions there.
1: Um, Good morning Patricia. My question is with regards to uh, insurance companies that deduct or debit money from people's um, bank accounts without the people having taken out any insurance policy um, with those insurers. So I want to know if you guys also handle such complaints because um, I'm getting a lot of complaints like that. Um, I'm a financial um, services consultant. I'm getting a lot of complaints from people who claim that insurance companies are debiting money from their accounts and they have never signed up or they've never taken out any policies with them.
0: Um, You can can go ahead. Go ahead, Jennifer.
2: Thank you. Yes, certainly those complaints can come to us. That's a very serious issue. Um, These fictitious policies, they are called. Um, It sometimes means that um, an advisor... Um, put somebody on the books without their consent or it could be an administrative problem but certainly um, those complaints can come to our office if it's not intended for us if it is for the phase Ombit who looks after complaints um, that that, uh, arise as a result of any intermediary doing anything wrong we will send it on Um, but in the meantime complainants can certainly come to us, we do handle those complaints
0: Okay, so you will give us your details once we are yes. done with our interview. And then the other one was uh, regarding uh, insurance company Old Mutual. And uh, that voice note, um, our listener said that she missed two months, but then uh, when she needed to claim, uh, you know, there was a backwards and forwards when it comes to that.
2: So, again, like your previous listener, um, I would suggest that if the complaint, if that person has already complained to, um, the internal arbitrator at Old Mutual or to Old Mutual um, and didn't get any satisfaction that they come to us and we will have a look at that complaint.
0: I've got more here on WhatsApp. This one uh, says, hi, I've heard of a paid up life policy uh, for a parent when the beneficiary and the spouse had passed away, but the insurance company demanded we send them death certificates of the deceased parents who passed away after his child, who's the policyholder, which we didn't have. I thought because it was paid up, death certificates of either policyholder or the spouse would surface." It was only a thousand rand. Can the ombudsman help? Uh, This was back in 2016.
2: Certainly. um, Your your listener can send the complaint through to us um, and we will have a look at whether the requirements of the insurer are reasonable in the circumstances.
0: And the next one says, "I had a funeral cover policy on claim I noticed that the total premium was twice that the pay of that of the payout uh, amount was. I felt that the insurer could have informed me when the situation had reached that point. However, they declined to comment nor respond to my query. Is this a good practice?
2: Um, with funeral policies in particular, it does happen that um, you could contribute." More than what you eventually get out. The way that it works with insurance is you pay a premium, and from the soon after the um, as soon as you've finished your waiting period, um, you can claim. So the insurer has the risk um, of paying out before he's received or they've received a lot of premiums. At the same time, it can happen that you don't claim because fortunately you live a long life. Um, or you have had the policy for a long time and then it can be that the sum insured um, is less than the premiums that you pay and particularly with old policies where the sum insured were quite low and would now be far less than what is required for a funeral um, that can cause problems. Um, Whether the insurer should notify you um, when your premiums reach the amount of your sum insured that's not a requirement in terms of any of the current regulations, um, and I'm not sure whether all insurers would have systems that would show that. Um, so I would suggest to your listeners that they keep an eye on their policies, and at least on an annual basis, they should check their policies, see what the sum insured is, whether there's still a sufficient amount of money, um, what they are contributing, and also make sure that the beneficiary nomination is up to date because things change in people's lives.
0: That's very true, uh, Jennifer. This one is going to be the final one that we can uh, get through. Uh, It says, hi, Patricia, if you canceled the insurance but they still debit you, how can you go about claiming your money back? Sorry, I didn't hear the very first thing. If you cancel the insurance but they still debit you, how can you go about claiming your money back?
2: Well, your uh, listener can certainly claim it directly from the insurer, and if they're not willing to pay it, um, then he must complain to our office. We do sometimes get those uh, complaints, and then we will go back to the insurer and find out why they are doing that, first of all, continuing to debit, and why they are not prepared to refund
0: Thank you very much, Jennifer, for your time. What I would like you to do is please give us contact details for your office, which is the Ombuds for Long-Term Insurance, for all our A-teamers who are listening and might need assistance.
2: Okay, we've got a share call number, which is 0860-103-236. Or people can go to our website, which is uh, www.ombud.co.za or they can email us at info at
0: Excellent. Thank you so very much, Jennifer, for your time. And good luck with dealing with all the complaints you received and uh, the ones that I'm sure are still going to be coming in in 2021. Thank you very much, Patricia. Excellent. Have a good uh, after- morning further. Uh, this is SAFM uh, leading the conversation on 104 to 107, The Talking Point. My name is Patricia Ndouli.